12, 11, 10, 9. Ignition sequence start. 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Ninja Star! What's up, Ranger fans? This is Steve Cardenas, a.k.a. Rocky the Red Power Ranger. Hey, this is Eugene Clark from... George Romero's Land of the Dead. Hey, this is Jason Font from Power Rangers Time Force. Hi, this is Mike Zapsick from AMC's Comic Book Man. And this is Ming Chen, also from AMC's Comic Book Man. You are listening to... And you're listening to... The Ninja Starship Podcast with Jimmy McKnight. A favorite podcast. It has begun! Oh, yeah! Woo! I am awesome! You take the red pill... You stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole is. Hey, man, I was on a UFO. I really was, man. Hey, your cousin and I, man, he had a bag full of dope, man. We met all these chicks, went to Mazzotts Park, and we went on a spaceship. We're in a weed field, man. We got sucked up by a spaceship, man. It's so full of blood and tits, like... What more could you want from a low-budget horror movie? It rules. Well, it eliminates all the other things you don't want, like, like story. <laughs> oh, I hate to break it to you, losers, but Han Solo's a bitch. That are alive, you are coming with me. I mean, they call me the genetic jackpot for a reason. It's right. not just because of the athleticism, the big muscles, the cool hair, the good looks. I'm also a really, really smart guy. So, you know, always have a plan. The total package right here. It's your boy, Kel Mitchell, and you're listening to... To the Ninja Starship with Jimmy McKnight. Come on, get on the Starship. It's going down. Yo, McKnight, let's get it. Yeah. You, you no, seriously, I, I do not have a 10-inch penis. No, I do not. Seriously. You were discussing Hulk Hogan's penis. All right. I am the cream. Yeah, the cream of the crop. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Isn't this where you're supposed to talk? Yes, this is. This is where I'm supposed to talk. Well, what's I'm gonna do an intro, so it don't matter. But I'm. Uh, I think I think that was the perfect intro. Yes. Just, just, just uproarious laughter. That people know that this is a bonus episode, and uh, that's how we. That's how we do. That's how we do. Special bonus episode. Welcome to the bonus episode, everybody, featuring the fantastic Mr. Dirk Manning. Thank you, sir. And Jay Clark, host of An Elegant Weapon. <laughs> Have you forgotten how to do this if it's not live? <laughs> yeah, I, I totally suck right now. <laughs> uh, no, You're fantastic too in my mind, Jay. Don't worry. Even if oh, even, no, I, I was think I was I was drifting off in my head because I'm like, why do I keep saying Mister before everybody when I'm like that? That's why I didn't say it before you, Jay, because I was like Mister Dirk Manning. I'm like, stop saying Mister. <laughs> I do it a lot too, but there is something about Dirk, and I don't know if it's the if it's the name itself or what it is, but status. Yeah, that, that too, but it, it especially lends itself to his name or something. Yeah. Like it requires a mister. Jesus. (laughs) It's sakes, you know, you know, it's, you know, it's nice to start the show with some healthy ball busting. So See? thank you. <laughs> well, no, it's 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 cool because you know Jay Fosgett actually brought this up in a discussion of because I was talking to him because he likes to draw me, and I'm one of his doodle muses. I mean, I can't tell you how many dinner time doodles I have from him of me. And I was just asking him, I like, what's the deal, man? Like, what what is it about me? And he's like, I just don't know, man. You just got the look and the this and the that, and that's why the show's cool because, you know, it's like you yourself are a character. And I was like, okay, I totally get that because especially you get that, Dirk, and all, you know. And there's a lot of people who are not just good at branding themselves or not just good at branding their work, but themselves as well, which is something I guess I've done, but not really intentionally. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. So well, a brand, you know, it's interesting because this uh, tour that I've been doing, you know, the 15 shows in 15 weeks, you know, more, or the, you know, whatever. And even then the chunk I did before that earlier this year, 
the I kind of do a new right or wrong panel every uh, every cycle. So this year, you know, 2016 has been the year of this right or wrong panel that's kind of evolved into uh, what's settled on um, how to manage your brand as a creator. And, and one of the things I talk about the fact is that if you don't define your own brand as a creator, someone else will inevitably or society or your readers or viewers or friends will kind of define your brand for you. Yeah, I think I'm a bit of a victim of that. <laughs> uh, I, you know, 50-50. You know, Jay, Jay, Jay Fosgett's case, he's a cartoonist. So. Yeah, maybe a victim's the wrong word. I'm more of a result of that, I should say, because it's not a negative thing in any way. No, no, it's not. I mean, part of it, I mean, it just, you know, you have very strong presence. I mean, you, you and I think Jimmy both, you know, because of the nature of what you do with the podcasting and things like that, you're a very known quantity. And uh, like when I did my right or wrong columns very religiously, I was a very known quantity to people because of, uh, you know, you let people in to an extent. And then when I, in my case, when I quit doing the right or wrong columns regularly and then really started using social media a lot more, uh, the secondary brand got built around me, you know, the top hat and the scarf guy. But then it's like, oh, my God, he writes these really scary, scary stuff. So but I wasn't really doing conventions yet. So when people would come up to me at conventions, they would be like, religiously, I would get these comments afterwards on social media because, you know, there's even no pictures of me online at that point. And uh, people would say, you know, uh, I, I thought you'd be like really different, really like scary and like depressed and <laughs> and like you were this like goth and you were this really nice kind of, you know, funny guy, you know. So that's kind of when I realized is I got people think I'm a serial killer or something, which part of me think that's kind of cool, but it's not really a fair representation of who I am as a person. So I kind of started letting people know, look, I love pro wrestling. I eat a lot of ice cream. I, 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 I do write dark stuff, but I get the my softer side. Yeah, the, <laughs> I don't say the cuddly side, but the, it, it's more well-rounded. I mean, do I write some really dark, dark stuff? Yeah. But I'm also the creator that goes on my way to help people. And I'm also the creator that, you know, has ice cream socials and, and, you know, talks pro wrestling with my friends and I'm constantly laughing along with everybody, you know, so, so you know, that's, that's not an uncommon thing to hear amongst horror writers, actually. I mean, I've heard a lot like the Stephen Kings and, you know, a lot of these guys are like nice folk and they're nice people. They just got crazy wild imaginations. They like to take in a dark direction, but other than that, they're, they're happy people. You know, like <laughs> well, yeah, I, I, I always used to tell people back in the day. I'm like, of course, I'm always, I'm always in a pretty good mood. I get all my demons out on the page, you yeah. know. So, but it was interesting how I had to kind of grab a hold of that brand because of what I did with the profile picture, the top hat, and the scarf and stuff like. You know that. which I have to say, I'm sorry, but it, it is you, but it doesn't look like you. Like, it, even if you look at it close and like try to take away the stuff having actually seen your face as much as it, you know, my eyes only bled a little, but <laughs> it, 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 it doesn't, there's something weird about the picture. Like there's no like weird thing other than the scarf and the glass. Maybe it's the glasses. Well, that, it's, it, it's a, the, the, the picture tradition is a little slightly filtered and stuff, you know? And I mean, that yeah. picture's been around a while. I have lost weight again and stuff. I'm kind of back to like my normal weight after gaining a little bit of weight and stuff. So I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see, but Nice. It is. It is a. In it, it, it's. There's some. Yeah. There's some smoke and mirrors on how how we how we put that together. So. Do you think that? Because I'm still a private person. Do you think that's what's uh, helped add it to your fan base though? Too is that you do interact with your fans and you do the ice cream socials and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, you know, I tell people all the time that the comic book industry is one of the only industries where. You could pay five bucks, ten bucks, twenty bucks, you know, forty bucks, whatever the case may be, not a ton of money. But to go to a convention and walk up to a table, and even if it's only for a couple minutes, have genuine quality interaction with the creators of your favorite books, your favorite comics, your favorite sources of entertainment. And and that's something that uh, you know, I really encourage people because you know, I mean I I you know, I did music journalism for years and and uh as a result, I got to interact with a lot of my favorite musicians and stuff like that. But it was always very interesting to me to like how 
musicians would interact with me as a journalist that they could kind of get something out of mm-hmm. as opposed to maybe a random fan who maybe couldn't do anything for them. And oftentimes those interactions were a lot more curt and a lot more terse and not as nice. And that really kind of had a profound effect on me because it made me realize, I'm like, you know what? People are people, man. You shouldn't be nicer to me because you think your review's writing on it. And you shouldn't be shitty to this person because they can't do anything for you, quote unquote. Right. And, uh, you know, I, I have three rules in life and each rule is only two words. And it's rule number two. You know, rule number one is work hard. Rule number three is no excuses. But rule number two is be nice. Just be nice to people. You know, I mean, God, my my worst day at a convention and my worst day when someone comes up to me and says, hey, Dirk, I really like your work is 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 better than, you know, just just amazing. You know, so to ever, ever be curt or rude to anybody who who takes the time that at a convention where there's all these people to come to you or they pay money to come see you or go to a signing or it's even free to come stop in, take 10 minutes out of their day to say, hey, I really like your work and I want to pick up one of your books or I can't afford to pick up one of your books, but I just want to tell you I liked your panel or, hey, I just heard your stuff's really cool. And I'm which you know, that's amazing, man. Yeah, you know, your worst day at a con is still better than your best day at a normal job. At a day job, right. <laughs> be, right, you know, so, so yeah, and I think that's part of it, you know, that, you know, I think some people are more fascinated with that cult of, I don't know, but I don't say cult of personality is probably the wrong word, but just that, 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 <laughs> that, that, that cult of, uh, readers and friends I have that are really enthusiastic about my work. I think some people kind of almost put too much into it. It's like, no, I just have really, I just know a lot of really cool people and they're really enthusiastic about my work. And, you know, it's why we blow up Kickstarter. It's why we have the Facebook group to interact with people and we look out for each other. We all take care of each other. You know, I mean, you know, it's like when you, it's like Jimmy, like when you and I met, you know, I mean, I wasn't being cool with you to get some out of it. I was cool with you because you're a person and you're a cool person. You're a good guy. And we, we, we hung out, you know, at Grand Rapids and we're chatting. We shared nonstop. ice cream on the first date. We did right on <laughs> here. It's exactly right. Yeah. You know, and I wasn't like, okay, and then someday I'm going to be on the. I'll someday. sell him a book out of this. I swear. Yeah, yeah. You know, someday he's going to have a podcast, and he'll have me on that podcast. You know, three days left on the Kickstarter. No, you know, I mean, it was more just like, uh, you know, just just be good to people, be cool to people. You know, yeah. and uh, yeah, it just yeah. So I, I don't know. I mean, to me, there's no real magic behind it. It's just be good to people. You know, and uh, and things will be things will be okay. Well, I'm glad uh, that you did brought up the uh, three days left on the Kickstarter because that's the perfect segue. Let's talk about your Kickstarter. Yeah, I, 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 I'm nothing if not task oriented when I'm working, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm looking at your uh, your stretch goals on here, man. A lot of them are sold out. Things are going good on this. Yeah, a lot of the pledge levels are gone. Uh, we bumped some of them up that we could. We just unlocked today. I haven't even... Um, when we're done chatting, I'm going to go post to the uh, the official verdict uh, to the backers. You know, I kind of usually wait a little bit. Um, we're just shy of eighteen thousand, but that means at seventeen seven seven seven, we shattered, <laughs> we broke through our tenth stretch goal. Oh my god! Which, God in heaven, man! I what mean, was the uh, which was the touching evil stretch goal? What was the amount for? That's twenty. So that's, the, uh, that's we're, we're closing in. We got got till Friday at noon, Eastern Standard Time, and we are just shy of eighteen thousand. So basically, we have to do about a little, about two grand, give or take, uh, a little over a smidge over two grand in three days. So we'll we're right there, man. You know, I mean, producing a sixteen-page comic is not cheap. So that's why I had to set that one at twenty. But we're we're real close, and everyone will get it for free if we get there. So. Oh, I hope it happens. Yeah. I'd love to see that. I can't wait. I, uh, I'm i really digging this shirt, the Punch Demons and Call Mr. Ree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're making the – yeah, those shirts are going to be glow-in-the-dark. So they're actually – I liked the way the last ones turned out, but we didn't put a white base under them. So the glow-in-the-dark aspect was a little lighter, I guess, than I wanted. So we're actually going to put a white base under these to really make them pop out and then put the glow-in-the-dark on top. So it'll be like this nice white shirt, but then if you go in like a dark room, it'll be like, it'll still glow out and pop out really nice. Right on. So uh, let's let's talk about Mystery Volume 3. 
Yes, sir. What's uh, I mean, I mean, from from what you sent me earlier, I got to dive into a little bit. Um, I really like that. I, I like the elements, especially, uh, you know, some of the characters that you can really connect with as far as like the broadcasting aspect, if you know what I'm saying. I'm not trying mm-hmm. to give out too many uh, too, any spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, I mean, it's 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 pretty awesome so far. Thank you. Um, one of the things I'm most interested in doing in Tales of Mystery Volume 3 is really, and, and I apologize if my voice is a little froggy, by the way. I uh, I just did three reverse count in Pittsburgh this weekend, and I'm in week 11 of the 15-week tour. So I'm hanging in there. I'm still You're I'm doing still good. Staying. You're chucking along, man. I'm, I'm almost there, man. I hope I'm the home stretch. Um, but one of the things I want to do with Volume 3 is, like, if I kind of backtrack, Tales of Mystery Volume 1 we really jumped in in the heart of the action. We're like, here's this guy who fights demons and stuff, and what the hell's his deal? You know, and we don't really know anything about him. We don't know where, what his deal is. We don't know where he's from. And through volume one, we kind of peel back the layers of the onion of this character, and and people really, really kind of like fell in love with him. He's like this really intriguing guy. Well, then in volume two, for the most part, we jumped back in time. He kind of told his origin story, told what he did during the three-day rapture in Armageddon, the three days of darkness when hell invaded Earth, and what kind of made him to the person he is. And we really see this – I don't want to call it an evolution, but almost a de-evolution of who he was to who he became, which is who we know now, who's much harder, much darker, much more jaded, much more protected and walled off. Battle-worn. Battle, yeah, yeah, good good term. Very, very battle-worn. You know, <laughs> uh, Volume 2 is a dark book, man, and some really – which which I love because it, it really contrasted with said the moose is very uh, animated style to the nature of how dark that book gets. <laughs> so volume three, uh, not only does this kind of serve, I guess, as a perfect jumping on point for people that have never read my work or never read Tales of Mystery, it, but it also serves as like now the world. Now we're really setting the rest of the board. We know who Mystery is. We know who he came. We know where he came from, and now we're starting to focus on a lot of other characters and bringing them in. You know, Charity from the Promise Group, Thelma Lushkin and, and William from Dumashine, who we first saw back in the Nightmare World days, are popping up. Uh, Brad Thompson, kind of the the demonic DJ, um, he's in. You know, we focus on him a lot. Yeah, I really yeah. like that guy. That yeah, Brad. Brad Brad's a, Brad's a pretty fun character. He actually appears in Volume One and Volume Two. Is the pro? He's the main character in the pro story in each one. So if if people get volume one and two and actually read like the backup, like written story in the back, you know, you kind of learn a little bit about him. So bring him fully to front in the the comic pages is exciting. And he's a again, I don't know, foils the right word, but I I guess it's kind of like the dynamic, like Morpheus is to death and Sandman Mm -hmm. would. Brad is to, to what mystery is to Brad. You know, these are two characters that really should almost be flip-flopped in their personalities, but they're they're not. You know, Brad is a a demon, but he's very upbeat, very happy-go-lucky, very cheerful, very pleasant until things aren't pleasant, as opposed to mystery who's this very stoic and short and curt guy. Yeah, he kind of has uh, this like uh, uh, Dan from Roseanne feel to him. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like I can he, see you want to, yeah, dude. He's like, he's like, you know, you want to be his buddy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. He's very gregarious. He's very gregarious. He's very nice. Use oh, car salesman personality. But um, but yeah, but there's also a lot of layers to him too, and you know, I mean. There's a certain thing that if Brad says this certain thing, you know that things are really going to go south really, really quick. As seen in, in chapter two of the book, in issue two, uh, you know, if he if he starts to expose that he's going to have to do something that's completely against his nature, um, things are going to get really bad really quick. <laughs> you know? And uh, Gannon is my other – Gannon debuts in, in chapter three, issue three. And he's another character who's who's going to have a pretty fair amount of screen time moving forward. He's Charity's partner from the Promise Group. And uh, what what fun. I mean, just, just a fun character. And, and we're really, again, between, you know, Thelma and William and Charity and Brad and Gannon and some other characters I don't want to spoil. Volume 3 is really about, okay, what does a world that survived hell on Earth for three days look like? 
It's not post-apocalyptic. No, it's a lot just of, three well, days. It's three days, right. I mean, it was a really, really, really bad three days. But it was three days. And it was a couple of years ago now. And people are kind of, you know, moving on, but there's still things left. And But people don't want to admit that things are left. And if you say that things are left, they might just decide to lock you in an asylum because they don't really want to talk about that anymore. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited that, that people that have, you know, either read it online for free at the Devil's Due website or downloaded the issues at Comixology are are really responding well to the characters and uh, kind of taking that journey with them as, as we kind of follow this world through Reeves' perspective and a lot of times and, and then through, you know, kind of like passing the baton, you know, the issue one is very much from Reeves' perspective. Then issue two, we kind of follow Brad. And three, we kind of go back to Reeves and Charity. Four is mainly about Charity and then um, issue five is um, mystery in space. So <laughs> that's going to be great, man. Shining a light yeah. on uh, shining a light on the art real quick, though. Uh, you know, when when Seth took over, like uh, the, the one thing I can really compliment is when you're you know, when you see that your first work and how it's done compared to when Seth takes over, you know, it's it's a smooth transition. Like all the characters, you can tell who they are. You know, you know, it's just it's his take on it, but it's not something like, whoa, what is this now? You know, it's a it's a, a very smooth transition and you can you know, it's something you can still get into, which I liked. Yeah, you know, I was I debated very briefly with issue three with volume three about was I gonna have Seth, for example, draw the whole thing. Uh he is gonna draw all of volume four. So we're good to go there. But with volume three being five different standalone issues each kind of focusing on a different character, it really only made sense for me to to do different artists on each issue. And, you know, the first issue mainly takes place in the coffee shop. And Mariana Pascosta uh, just does an incredible job of what's mainly an issue of two people sitting around having coffee. But she just does a lot of neat little tricks and things like that that really hopefully, you know, between that and then the, the dialogue hook you in. And then as you said, we get to issue two with Seth. And it's just explosively violent. I mean, it's just guttural what happens. It's visceral. It just what happens in that issue. And he owns it. And I always laugh because, you know, people always, you know, Seth's hashtag on Instagram and everything else. Uh, Seth the Moose's hashtag is too cartoony. <laughs> and, then, and then you read issue two and it's like, yeah, he's like too cartoony like Darwin Cook is too cartoony. Yeah, but it's that. not even too cartoony. It's just it's an animated style that works. You know, it it just works for what you're trying to tell. It totally works. And that's the thing. I, I love working with Seth, and he was just the right guy for it. And issue two of volume three was the issue where, during the volume two campaign, people that pledged to be killed in the book uh, were able to get killed in, vol- in issue two of volume three. So a lot of these are people I like who are getting just – and, of course, everyone wanted to be killed like as violently as possible. Oh, just of course. Horrible, horribly. And I wrote the scenes, and they're bad enough to write them. You know, it's kind of like Jay was talking a minute ago about, you know, nice people writing terrible things. But then I had to write terrible things happening to my friends. <laughs> then I see Seth draw it, and it's like, God in heaven, what the hell's wrong with me? <laughs> you know, it's like there were actually there's like a scene in there with, with Brad, uh, with, with I, I guess Miles, Brad kills somebody, and it's just. Oh, it just, you know, it just makes my butt cheeks tighten up. It's like, oh, God. Is there any art, are there any artists out there you haven't had the pleasure of working with but would like to see their take on mystery? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And? <laughs> <laughs> and there are. <laughs> uh, well, see, I, I think of the line that Hugh Jackman said, um, People would ask Hugh Jackman, oh, do you want to be in the next X-Men movie? And he would say, I can't say no, because then people think I'm an a-hole and ungrateful. But if I say yes, the studios will know they can hire me cheap. So I'll I'll, I'll parlay that example to this. There are definitely people I want to work with and I want to see their take on Re. Um, Dan Doherty. For example, I, I'd love to do a, a, a full, you know, a, a full restory with him. You know, we have the, the touching evil cross, uh, touching evil oh. tales mystery crossover to be free with uh, 
with the volume three hardcover as a bonus comic, but uh, he doesn't get to draw um, a full grown re in that story. So I would love to see that. Right. Um, right. Anthony, Pringle's I would another- love to see. Uh, sorry, a pinup, like just a pinup. I'd love to see Sean Seal do a mystery pinup of mystery oh, as a pinup. Yeah. Yeah, not necessarily like a whole book, even just one like beautiful painting. Yeah. I would love to see what he would make Mr. Reed look like. I think it'd be gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Sean would be great. Uh, a guy I worked with a lot on a lot of Nightmare Old stuff, Anthony Peruzzo, he'd be a lot of fun. I, I know so many talented artists. You know, Jay Posner, right. him, him doing a mystery thing would be cool. Um, but yeah, there's a ton. It, it, and I look to the covers. As well. <laughs> I just had a flash of mystery looking like Elmer Fudd in my head. I had one of him looking like Aunt Jemima for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. Um, but the covers, too. And that's where I was kind of going with the Hollywood uh, analogy earlier. Like, you want to be careful because you don't want to announce stuff too far out and put people in the position. True. But there are definitely, I have a list. <clears throat> Hold on, let me. Yeah, here it is right here. Of your Hollywood actors? <laughs> no, no, I know exactly what I want. I want uh, uh, Rock for uh, Rockman uh, Dunbar, uh, Rock for Dunbar from uh, what's it? Uh, Sons of Anarchy, the guy that played uh, Cher Roosevelt, to be uh, Mystery. No question, that that's the guy. <laughs> that's Mystery. I'm but not familiar with who that if is. If you watch Sons of Anarchy, yeah, yeah, who's show. on Sons of Anarchy? I used to watch, I watched the hell he's out the of show. that. Yeah, that's Mystery, that guy. Oh, the that's, sheriff the, at, at, towards the end of the series? Yeah, don't blow, give it away, but yes. Okay, okay. Yeah, the, the, the black sheriff. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. <laughs> that's Mystery, hands down. No no question. I can, Done. That, I can see that. The, he was on the screen. I was like, oh my God, Mystery is in the show. <laughs> but I have a list of um, <clears throat> actor uh, actors, artists, who uh, I want to do covers. Because, yes. you know, right now... Riley Rosmo did two covers to Volume One. Uh, the Mighty Eric Powell did Volume Two. Jason Freaking Pearson of Deadpool and Body Bags did Issue Three. So I'm already talking to um, a couple different artists and talking to the publisher and things like that about for Volume Four, uh, who I want the covers. But I have I have a list, you know, of artists that. That I'd like to do the covers and and just a lot of friends uh, for the volume four Kickstarter. I'm already thinking if we do more pinup stretch goals. I, I don't want to like you know people are gonna run our wall space if I keep offering pinups, but but people like Sean and like Tony Maiello and like Jay Fosgett and you know Dan Doherty and Anthony Peruzzo and and a lot of these you know Leno Grady. I mean just uh, you know the list could go forever. You know there there are just so many talented people who I would just love to see their take on it. But uh, so yeah, between them and the covers, absolutely. But but it also it's got to suit the story. You know, um, if Dean Doherty is going to draw a mystery story, for example, it needs to be a story that can really cater to his style. Right. You know, uh, and that's just as true as him as it is for Seth the Moose, for Anthony Peruzzo. For Josh Ross, for that matter, who did the first volume, you really need to find a story. And, that, and that's what like I was kind of talking about a minute ago with volume three. That was one of the things that was really important to me is like you get to issue three and Austin McKinley, who colored the first half of volume one, has almost this. Car- yeah, I see Ricard too. You get a very animated style and Derek Becker from uh, Comic Pros and Cons at best. He's like, I got to issue three. He said, I'm reading it. And I wasn't sure how I felt about the art matching on this. He goes, Austin was a good artist, but I wasn't sure about the the the, the, style, the look of the book, of this issue. He goes, and then I saw Gannon. And I was like, oh, you br- Dirk, you brilliant son of a bitch. Because that was it, you know, because like, he could capture that character and, and capture that, that feel, that book so well. And then in volume three, if you get to issue four with Leno Grady, God in heaven – he does three completely different art styles in the book. Wow. It's incredible. It's incredible. Like the flashbacks are like the 70s looking stuff. Then the real world stuff is like just, you know, you know, typical. Then when you do the big flashback scenes to the rapture and stuff and Charity's dad's vision, uh, it's, I mean, he was beast mode. <laughs> he was beast mode. And then issue five with Howie Noel, who does uh, Terra Normal, you know, um, 
we we had two people pledged to be the main character in that book, so the likenesses were really important. And uh, he gave it this really cool, like, alien vibe of the movie Alien. We kind of talked about what we wanted the issue to look like if we actually did a re-in-space issue. And uh, so, yeah, you really got a, you know, long answer to a short question. There are definitely artists that I want to work with either for a cover or for a pinup or for sequentials. But you really got to play to the strength of that artist you know, again, I think of like there's more and more artists flashed in my mind, like Richard Bonk or Owen Gianni. You guys have worked with before, or just yeah. But you got to find the story that's going to suit them to make them shine as well. What kind of things would he, you know, would he be like encountering demon aliens in space? Um, I'm trying to think how much I can give away. Um, well, I guess you did the. The Devil's Due website, devilsdue.net, they can read the issue for free. Download it for Buck 99 for Comicsology, or obviously wait for the book that the, the, that's coming up through the Kickstarter. Um, issue 5, re in space, and a lot of people have had questions about this, but they don't want to read the actual issue. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I guess I'll just say yes. Um, yes. It has to do with the Promise Group, and it has to do with uh, some things in space that need to be dealt with. And it's completely, I think, unexpected. Uh, very, very good. And uh, Howie Knoll actually just completely and totally just crushed it. Excellent. He does very good work, man. Howie, Howie's incredible. He, he's a guy that I think by nature of what he does, being a character artist and stuff like that, people kind of look past the fact that he's such an accomplished sequential artist. Um, and with volume, uh, it's funny. I'll, I'll kind of talk out of school here a little bit, pull back the curtain. So when he was illustrating um, issue five of volume three, which is the re in space issue, he was originally like, oh, I don't think I want to color this. And I'm like, Howie, but you know, you're a really good colorist. I, I mean, I could definitely get Anthony. I could talk to Anthony Lee or something. We get someone to color this, but mm-hmm. and that was not a slate to Anthony, who's a brilliant colorist. He does great work on Seth's colors and, and, and Austin McKinley's colors in issue three. Did a really good job. But I said, you know, I mean, we can get someone else to color this, but you are such an accomplished color. I think you know your your art better than anybody. I think it'd be a good fit. And I just don't know if I have time. Blah blah blah. You know. Then like a day later, he's like, I'm coloring it. I know what I'm doing. Okay. (laughs) Oh, man, you're right on. Well, then he decided not to ink his work and just color it. And I will tell you, it makes just, it just works. It gives it this cool, creepy kind of alien vibe and just, yeah, I I, I was just tickled, tickled, tickled. I told, I told uh, Howie. You know, again, I'll talk out of school slightly. I said, the next time we work together on something, I don't want you to ink your pencils, man. Just go. Just go from pencils to colors, you know, because not that his inking is not great because he's an incredible inker. In fact, he's been posting a lot of live stream videos of his inking process. Uh-huh. But the look, the aesthetic of his pencils to his color, just to the – just, you know, going from color to pen, uh, pencil to color is just phenomenal. But this is that stuff that, you know, to make the best comic possible, you got to look at all this stuff. And sometimes you got to kind of go outside your zone, you know, mm-hmm. and things like, uh, you know, non-re-related, you know, I'm working with Christopher Sanchez and John Markin on uh, Mariachi. And they did the bare bones, they did a bare bones edition of Mariachi, which was 100 issues, black and white with no grayscales, no, no, no tones. And it's a good looking book. But then when they grayscaled it, it's like, Oh, so that's all the kind of cool stuff that goes into making comics and stuff like that. And 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 Chris just did an incredible job, and the grayscales just completely change the aesthetic. Mm-hmm. And and that's something that so I'm totally geeking out. I'm sorry. No, it's all good. I I, I was gonna say, man, like, you're gonna pull in a lot more fans with that too, just because it's it's got in space attached to it. Like that's the I'm like my ears are perked up just because it said in space. But I'm a huge yeah. sci-fi junkie, so you know, mystery is yeah. already a badass story. But now you throw them in space, and it's about to explode. And it's and I'll tell you what, brother, it is a very intense issue because a lot of you know I 
Kickstarter, but if, if Friday the 13th and Leprechaun can do it, why not us? Yeah, right. You know, <laughs> but um, and especially it's funny. I read uh, like James Ferguson over Horror Talk reviewed every issue, and he, he was talking about the issues and you know volu- issues one, two, three, and four of volume three open up this huge freaking can of worms. Huge can of worms, super huge. Then we did issue five. It's like total sideways <laughs> in the space. And he's like, oh, I love the story, but the fanboy me wants, like, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? I'm like, brother, that's volume four, man. That's volume four. <laughs> you know, yeah, we're in this place now where all these things have happened. And it's just like, oh, you know, it's not a it's not a dirty cliffhanger, but it's more like people are like, holy shit, what's going to happen now? Like, oh, my God, all this stuff's happening. And I set the board and then we go to space. And now, you know, we do we do volume four, you know, and probably early, very early 2017, we'll start to move the pieces more and see where all this this big this big thing is going. But uh, it's a continually evolving beast, you know, the story. And and uh, Dan Doherty was talking to me. He's actually writing. I don't know if I've announced this publicly or not. So you might get a. Scoop. Oh, we might get an exclusive. Yeah, here here it is. Oh, man, here we go. Dan Doherty is writing the introduction to volume three. Oh. And uh, I'm really excited about that because Dan is a great artist, but he's also the writer of like Touching Evil and Beardo. And Dan is an incredible writer. And Touching Evil is one of my favorite comic books right now, hands down. And when when he was willing to to write the introduction to Volume Three, I was blown away. So I gave him all the issues, and he was kind of doing the same thing. Like, oh my god, like, where's this going? And he, and he asked me a question. I'm not going to say the answer too publicly, but he gets done reading volume three and he's like, I, I-, I just got to know, man. He goes, how long do you see mystery going? Mm-hmm. Like, what do you mean? And he's like, dude, what? what like, how, I mean, is volume four it? Is that going to be like the end of the series? And I give him an answer, which I'm not going to say here, but uh, I told him the answer and he was just like, Dude, and I'm like, yeah, well, you know. So people are into it and they're excited, and uh, I get, that's a testament, I guess, to my my storytelling as much as all the, the phenomenal artists, including all the artists I hope to work with one day moving forward. You know, I mean, Seth is going to be an integral part of the series moving forward, but here and there we'll have some guest cover artists and maybe some other things pop up. So, yes, man. I mean, this is <laughs> this is going to be amazing. Let's uh, let's talk more about uh, about about how this is ending in three days and and how people can can get on your Kickstarter and pledge, you know, uh, to get this thing done. Yeah, um, you know, basically what I tried to do with the Kickstarter and people can go to Kickstarter.com, you know, and just go type in re r h e e. Probably type in Dirk Manning and find me as well. This is the uh, Tales of Mystery: Those Who Fight Monsters hardcover. Uh, and by the way, Jay Clark, I got a hard yeah. man. Why? Because <laughs> the very nice, the oh, well-intended, the well-intended message you sent with your pledge is shenanigans. <laughs> you pledge, you get something. What did I? I don't understand. I think I think didn't you like send me a message and like oh don't worry about you know like shipping this or whatever or something something and yeah I don't want to put, put you. Out. It's amazing how writers don't actually read too well. But, <laughs> I uh, thought that's what you said. You're like you said just hand deliver I said, it. Some- no, what I usually do uh, for my Michigan Kickstarters is I pledge no reward and then I pick the book up whenever I get down there. So I don't mean I I like I pledge an actual pledge amount like whatever it was twenty bucks for like that level but rather than ship it to Canada which is twice as much just hold me a book and I'll pick it up like Motor City or something which I appreciate but I don't want you to wait that long that's that's cool too man but I don't want to pay more than the book in shipping you know I I, I appreciate it but still it it was a nice gesture but I I I, I, yeah, I know it's what you're a gesture for me, man. He's I'm like, I'm trying to, to save on postage. I'm trying Shit. to save money. Here, <laughs> no, I'm the one that, well. Doing myself fuck. a favor. Because here's the I? thing. Usually on, a, on international shipping, see, this is behind the curtain stuff. You get all the sausage making. We usually, I usually end up taking a small hit on international shipping. Because I don't want you guys to have to pay too much. So, I, I mean, it costs a little bit more to ship it to Canada, but at the same time, it's like, you know, I, you know, I, 
we'll we'll make it work. You know, we'll 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 make it work. We'll figure it out. For sure. Yeah, but I, I but I, I, I appreciate the gesture, but I, I don't want you to suffer and not get the book as quickly as everybody else is what I was saying. Oh well, that's I understand. That's very very. Sweet. But now that I know that you're being selfish, yes, I know I know what you're, <laughs> I know what you're really getting at. Yeah, yeah, it was pure Ebenezer thinking on that, you know. <laughs> but wait, it's always fun for me because whenever I do get to Motor City, there's like a stack of books waiting for me, especially from like Source Point, right? Like I'll go over to Source Point and they'll have like five or six books and a bunch of prints waiting for me. <laughs> Here's the thing. I-, I think you're playing this game. You're just trying to get me to come to Canada and deliver you the book because you know how I am. Well, you're trying you know- to get me to cross the border. You know, there's nothing, you know, devious about that. Yes, indeed. Absolutely. You need to get your ass <laughs> above the border. Are you kidding? Like, I've told you oh. how many times, man. This is the home of Rue Morgue. You know, this is this is where it goes I, down. Like, I, you, you I, need I, to come to the T-Dot and, 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 and engulf yourself. I, in, I, I in, did put in for my first Canadian show. So, Dirk, you should right, come we'll to see. Niagara with us two weeks. That's going to be fun. I'm really looking forward to that. I get to introduce Jimmy to some of the, you know, Canadian content. In two weeks, I'm still going to be on the road. But I actually, Niagara is one of the places I really want to go. So we might have to make alternate plans. Just do like a private off the grid little trip. All of us go hang out or something. Oh right? yeah, man. You yeah, know, because because uh, two weeks I'll be. I got Cherry Capital this weekend. And then I've got. Gosh, Philadelphia, Wizard World Philadelphia next the weekend after that, which is going to be crazy. All the Avengers are going to be there and me. And then um, – <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> you like that? And then, uh, hey, the, the, all I'm saying is the year Motor City blew the doors off, they had Stan Lee, Norman Reedus, and Dirk Manning all there for the first time. <laughs> he and, just announced New York's going to be his last, eh? It is last New York, yeah, yeah. yeah so. fan ex- this fan expo coming up is his last Canadian convention, and then New York will be his final, final soiree. That was is my that his uh, final, final, or his last New York. Sorry, is that his final, final, or is it his final New York? No, New York's his final. The oh wow, yeah, fan expo's his final Canadian one, and New York is is he's done. I'm, I, he's what, what is he ninety eight or some shit? Like yeah, I saw him in San Diego a couple of years ago, just like having breakfast. You know, he was like right right across from me, and it's incredible. You know, I mean yeah, yeah. but yeah, but then two weeks I'll be at the end of my tour. I'll be in uh, Yellow Springs, Ohio, home of Chappelle, Superfly Comics for their street fair. I'll be there for the big finale for that. So we'll have to do a separate. We'll just do a non-business trip to Niagara. We'll go up there and we'll just. Uh, I would like to do that, but it's just a chance to hang out with you guys more. That'd be that'd be fun. Absolutely. But the Kickstarter only three hours a week. Yeah, it is a couple hours. I know, I know. But uh, we'll we'll make you know me. I'm always working. Or see, I'm very. People see me on the road and like, oh, Dirk is all social karaoke and all this stuff. But I'm working. And then when I'm not working, I'm like. Shh. Just writing, you know, I'm like, I'll hold well, up writing. Is, yeah. <laughs> the true writer's life takes over. I'm looking forward to getting back to the life. I've been on the road for 15 weeks in a row. I'm looking forward to being kind of isolated for a bit again. <laughs> <you know? laughs> yeah, I bet. But yeah, Kickstarter, sorry, ends in three days. Um, go to Kickstarter, type in re. And really, I encourage people just to, to pledge for the level that, that really suits kind of what they want. Um, to get all the really cool uh, bonus content all the stretch goals you need to back, uh, back something that has a hardcover so i mean you can just get the hardcover and then you'll get the six art prints which holy mackerel you get the six art prints which are all devil's due character crossover prints draw with other devil's due characters drawn by the characters from that or dra- drawn by the artist of that series so you get like charity versus the squarriers uh, Space Re versus the Galaxies for Hire, uh, Ganon versus Plume, Mystery versus Nightmare World, Brad Thompson versus the Lord of Gore, and Thumbelushkin and Mercy Sparks, all by the original series creators or artists. So you get all that. You get the temporary Mystery Glow in the Dark tattoo, which you do not have to shave your head if you want to put it on your head, but you can if you want. And if you do, take pictures. <laughs> Which reminds me, someone else is actually getting a mystery tattoo this weekend. That blows my mind. What? Yeah, yeah, that's pretty yeah, crazy. People have done the, that. Eh? The fourth one that I know of. The, is it a glyph? They're doing the glyph again? I think they're doing that. The sigil with like some Cthulhu tentacles around it or something. 
<laughs> wow, that's Josh paying Ross, tribute, who's man. Artist. Yeah, I know. I keep telling people, you better hope it don't make him like a baby raper or something horrible. You know, <laughs> <laughs> like have this guy on you, but no, that's not gonna happen. He'll be dead long when that happens. <laughs> Spoiler, but um, <laughs> but he, um, Josh Ross, who drew Volume One, is actually the one that's doing the tattoo. Like people, like they contacted. Him oh, that's cool. He's a tattoo artist now. Yeah, so right, right. That's cool. You get, you get all that. You get the book plate. Uh, this will be signed by me, signed by Seth. Seth's going to do a head sketch on it because he's the one who illustrated the book plate. And then I'm going to be announcing it tonight if we officially, if we pass 18,888 on our way to the 20K, uh, we'll ship the book plates to England and Anthony D. Lee, the colorist, will also sign it. So every hardcover will basically have a triple signature. Jeez. That's pretty yeah. awesome. Yeah. It's nice, it's nice. But, yeah, it's nice but, for the collection. But yeah, yeah. So I just tell people, you know, pledge for what you want. You know, I mean, you can get all the trade paperbacks. You can get, I mean, some of the pledges that I, I recommend, I mean, obviously you can just get the hardcover, which is, you know, 30 bucks. Uh, if you're new to re, you want to get everything, I tell people get the, the, the triple threat, which is 55 bucks. You get re three and hardcover, and then you get volume one and two trade paperback. Um, you can get the comics and coffee or comic or yeah, coffee and comics. You That's get the Tales Mystery, yeah. You get Tales Mystery hardcover. You get the mug. You get the Dirks Burke coffee from the series, like a, a pound bag of it. See, I love coffee, but I can't open that up, man. It's just gonna well, sit we, there. <laughs> well, see, the thing is with that, you can actually get an extra bag of just the coffee, like as an add-on. So, like, we'll have that at the end. Like, if you just want like an extra bag of coffee, so you can drink on. one and just hang one up. You can just drink one and keep one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice. Or, just keep the, or I tell people just. keep you know, drink the coffee and keep the bag, you know. Um, that's a really good one. Uh, probably the coolest one as far as just like your basic is like the give me everything. You get the cup, the, the mug, which it's a big ceramic engraved mystery mug with a big handle on it. The coffee, the glow-in-the-dark punch demons call mystery t-shirt and the hardcover. That's the give me everything and you just get everything. And then from there, you can get like the Dirk Manning starter pack. I'm doing right or wrong consultations. You can be drawn into the book. Uh, no one's nabbed yet, and I'm waiting. I think someone's going to snag it until any minute now. Let me double check to make sure. You get commissions, the mystery box, which uh, it's thirteen hundred bucks. What's in the box? What's in the box? Yeah, What's in the box? In the box? In the box? In the box? <laughs> it's a big box. What's in the and fucking box? Is, <laughs> the box includes everything. <laughs> from the campaign as a starter and uh it has some really cool bonus stuff and uh hold on a second here i'm looking fucking okra like fucking ellen hey (laughs) you get a box you get a box well no there's one box and and i'm gonna tell you i am one okay i am holding in my hand right now one of the items that goes in the box it's a one of a kind Is thing. It still breathing. <laughs> I don't want to talk about that. This will be the hardest thing ever for me to give up because there's only one. There will only ever be one. And in me procuring this item, I vowed I would give it away the Kickstarter as part of the mystery box. But my God, is it going to hurt? <laughs> mm. I, 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 ah. Uh, Oh, it's, it's, I, I, I can't. What's going on on your side of the mic there, buddy? You know, you can't live without or certain organs, right? <sighs> this thing I'm holding in my hands, it gives me chills. And it's like someone will, if someone bids on the mystery box, they will get this. And there's a lot of other cool stuff that's going to be with the mystery box as well. Um, really neat stuff but um so i'm, I'm hoping someone gets it you know because i mean if not i i don't i yeah someone i think someone will snag it it's it's gonna be really incredible and, and and i'm probably see the thing is if i announced what's in the box i know someone would buy it instantly right no you can't do that you so can't i can't do that, that no but, don't do so that. it's gonna be like it's almost like a game to me like who has enough trust in me who's got the balls enough who's got <laughs> who's got the, the wavels 
to buy the <laughs> but it is huge and you get everything so you'll get like all the books you'll get the mug the coffee the shirt a commission uh you'll get drawn into the book the you know i mean all kinds of the convention you name it so you get a convention royalty you get everything everything but then you also get some other stuff <laughs> not like that you sickos you get um oh it's it's how can you get more than everything isn't everything kind of everything you're getting everything and then you're getting everything more that's like putting it 110 percent well that's what i do just gotta do good you know you know, technically, yeah. you can't put any more than a hundred percent into something. It can something in totality is a hundred percent. It's right? mathematically impossible. If you know <laughs> <change>. <laughs> uh, I'm putting in six hundred sixty-six percent. It is. Uh, God damn, it's gonna hurt so bad to give this thing up. But I, I once I held it in my hand, once I got this thing, I'm like, oh, I and the. I have to be very careful what I say. The okay, we have to stop talking about it, or yeah. we're just going to keep <laughs> wanting to know even more. So somebody I'll, bid I'll, on the goddamn box so we can find out what the I'll hell he's talking this. about. Bid on the box. Here's a hit. <laughs> bid on the box. <laughs> you pledge, you get it. There is one box, and if you pledge, it is yours. But I'll just, here's the one hint I'll ever give. This is more than I've told anybody about the You're box. You're going too far already, man. No, 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 I'm not. Here's the thing. As a good storyteller, you should know when the suspense has like, reached a proper peak limit to leave it hanging. He's gone too far. He <laughs> can't quit now. He's got to commit. This is, where, <laughs> this, is where, this is where I'm going to ask you to trust me, and I'm going to give you one last hint about the box that I've well, never said. Yes. <laughs> See? Yeah. Give a hint, then. What's the hint? She, hand, she handed me this item. It... it she saw the look on my face and said, remember your promise. This goes in the box. That's all I'm going to say. Hmm. Mm-hmm. See, I hear you're trying to bust my chops. Tell me not to give that hint. That's a good hint. Is it a fetus? <laughs> You've read volume one, haven't you? No. Oh, yeah. she, when she gave me this item and she saw my, the look on my face, she said, remember, this has, you promised this goes in the box. So I'm going to say. Awesome, guys. All right, well, that's all I'm going to give everybody. <laughs> I'm ending it there. I'm ending it there. That's, it. that's what everybody that's gets. It. Yeah, but, but, I mean, but I mean, obviously the box is expensive. So, And I get that. But I will say it is worth – you get more than your money's worth out of the box. And uh, But that aside, pledge – I mean, if people want to just get a hardcover and get all the stretch goals – do that. If you want to get the comics and coffee, do that. If you whatever, but you have to pledge by noon Eastern Standard Time on Friday. That's it. You Friday. don't get it by then. It's gone. The mugs, no more mugs, no more coffee, no more hardcovers. We print to order. Every show, people come up to me and they come on, Derek B. Asked, get a couple of, get a couple extra hardcovers. No. They I, I make them to order with a couple for damages <laughs> so that later I'm not in a position to put these things on eBay. I like you your slimy friend impression. Like, hey, Turk, you got a couple of extra. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's like the that's when you're when you're a comic book writer. That's like the the, the approach you get. You know, I mean, I don't. <laughs> the most illicit thing I do is sometimes get two scoops of ice cream, and uh, so people are like, hey, uh, you got a uh, you got one of those hardcovers under there? And the people have asked me, and I'm like, no, they're print to order. Like, no, come on, man. You know, you got. I'm like, no, like. Dude, bro, it's me, bro. Dude, you don't, <laughs> dude, bro, it's hey, me, bro. Up, bro. You, you, bro <laughs> hey, you changed, man. Why you got to be yeah. like? <laughs> yeah, but you got, you know, so like if we get orders for 200 hardcovers, we'll print like 225 or whatever. Uh, I'll give some to the artists. We'll have a couple for damages and things like that. And that's it. No more hardcovers. Nice. You, you either get in or you don't. Mugs, same thing. Uh, even the, the woman that's making the mugs, uh, uh, Sunshine from uh, Levy Girls. She even like specified on Facebook, I can't make you these mugs later. I make them one time for Dirk, and that's it. The coffee, one, the Kickstarter only, the prints. If you want the Score Years print, the Mercy Sparks print. I mean, this is it. And I made that promise to the artists. I said, you know, I'm not going to try and sell these later. This is a one time. This is a Kickstarter thing, man. So, booyah! Cool, booyah! 
Done yeah. deal. Done Check Check deal. If you like horror stuff, I mean, the description is all on the page. You know, you like creator-owned books. You like me. You just want to get some cool exclusive swag. You trusted the judgment of Jay and Jimmy. Then uh, this is the book for you. It's fun, kids. You should read it. It's good. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm gonna dive back into all the rest of the PDFs as soon as I'm done with this. And then when you're done doing that, you should head over to www.anelegantweapon.ca and enjoy episode 200 that was released today. Sorry. Yes. Oh, yes. No. Yeah. Absolutely. The chromium cover edition. The chromium cover. It has already been heard, as it was also episode 43 of Ninja Starship. Yes. And they threw it up there. It was awesome how Podcast Detroit threw everything up like the next day after Motor City, like even the after dark. Oh, was like, yeah. oh, silly. I haven't had a chance to listen to that yet, but it's got to be. Oh, I, I, yeah, shit. I've, I've listened to it. It's, uh, it's pretty good, man. We're all pretty it, sloshed. Is it, <laughs> is, it, is it as good as? Is it as much fun as it was recording it? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's all there. <laughs> yeah, it's all right there. Very cool. It's, so yeah, people go do that. Two hundred episodes. Dirk's done like three of them, plus some cons. I actually have. Coming up in the next little while, uh, I don't know. I have so much content right now. I don't know what to do with. I have your, your cup overfloweth. Well, hey, I also not recorded a your thing. panel. Uh, I recorded your right or wrong panel this year as well. And uh, yes. you know, if we want to put that, you did not sprayed with Fago this year. I did not. I survived. I got you know sticky free. It was fantastic, but it turned out really good. And uh, this year was a was a really good panel too because it was a little more specifically the branding and such. And uh, you know, it was standing room only, so it was it was super cool for that. So so much good content came out of Motor City. It was crazy. Yeah, crazy. dude, I potted the whole time. I was exhausted. <laughs> but dude, still Philly. I've still got uh, coming soon to an elegant weapon. Julian Glover, uh, Denise Crosby, Tom Kane, and Matthew uh, Wood. Like, there's so much left to come, and you know, still the Motor City stuff. So, pod, 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 make pod, make comics, and fucking talk about them. You were yeah, able to record and, that. And, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Dirk. No, no, I was going to say that. That's the thing that is is so wonderful is that I mean, you guys do that. I mean, you promote creator on work. You promote creators. You promote stuff that's good. And I guess it kind of comes full circle to kind of, Jimmy, what you asked about in the beginning about, you know, do you think that, you know, the fact that I, I'm so, um, you know, interact with the fans so much and stuff like that is a big part of my, my success. And I would say, like I said, I guess that's kind of part of it, but another big part of it is you guys. So thank you. The fact that you are out there and, and and you're you're amongst the the people that so loudly and and proudly promote creator owned work and 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 promote the creators and promote all of us that do this stuff. So hey, so it's it's publicly it's, thank you guys. It's our pleasure to do it, and the perks ain't half that bad. So you can't yeah. really complain. You know, if they're if you know that you talk about these people, you let you give you guys a voice, and all of a sudden they're letting us into Comic Cons for free. So. You know, it's totally worth a deal in my eyes. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's a very even trade. It's a very even yeah. trade. No, but it's nice. You know, I have literally, like, I'm not trying to toot my own horn in any way. I'm the last person to do that. But occasionally I have had a guest who had a Kickstarter launching or, you know, in the progress. And for a couple of days after they may have appeared on my show, I saw a boost. I saw a definite, you know, a, de- a definite uprise in uh, in pledges. Whether that had to do with the show, I like to think that it did. So I'm just gonna go with that. <laughs> but uh, even uh, even you know, every couple hundred bucks or whatever that you know you can help out somebody's dream, it's a pleasure to do so. Especially when it's as easy as just open your opening your own yap, you know. So well, not only that, but like I said, the, the glory of Kickstarter is that the more people that pledge, the more everybody gets. Yeah. You know, so I mean that—that's that, the—I think that's the glory of crowdfunding, is that you know more and more people pledge and buy into this and stuff like that, uh, the more everybody gets. And I, I, let me rephrase that: that's the case on what I would consider to be a well-done Kickstarter. You know, Absolutely. it's not just give me money. No, I mean, you know, my—I—I've I, been very open about the fact that the goal we had for Kickstarter would just kickstart it. Now we're to the point where uh, everyone can get all kinds of bonus stuff and things like that, which is really important. So, 
Fantastic, man. Yeah, but thank you guys. That's the point. The moral of the story is thank you. Guys. No, thank you because without guys oh. like you, we don't have content. Do you guys, uh, we got a quick guest. We have a guest. Who's Hold our on. guest? Hold on for a sec. Declan, you want to say hi to Dirk and Jimmy? Hi. Hi. What up, Declan? <laughs> I know you're speaking right now. And how do you know my name? Because we know you're dad. Know me too. <laughs> Declan, we know you, man. We, we've met. I don't even remember you. You haven't met these guys. This is Jimmy no, and no. Dirk. Well, we, we, you know, I think, actually, wait, have we even talked? Say make comics. Huh? Say make comics. Make comics. There <laughs> you make go. comics or else. <laughs> nice. That that was Declan Clark's debut on the Ninja Starship That's going to be a sound so. clip now. <laughs> yeah, should, I, want him to, I want him to come on and say, get working, you deadbeats. Hey, come here, buddy. Declan, come here. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, here, repeat after me, okay? Say, get working, you deadbeats. Get working, you dead beaks. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, want, I want that on loop forever. <laughs> Done. Oh, God. That's great, man. I'm, I'm, we're cutting it off there at the high note. That's all, all I'm right, saying. Good Always good to chat with you fellas. Yeah, eh? thanks for uh, thanks for coming on and talking to me on the show. It's great. Dirk, congratulations on your successful Kickstarter. Can't wait till September to get this in my hand. It's going to be amazing. And uh, yeah, yeah, September, uh, this will be delivered by September, and then we all know what's coming in October, right? What's coming mm-hmm. in October? The next Kickstarter, Nightmare World 4. And the Nightmare World Omnibus is one mega Kickstarter. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. So that's get get ready. It's nice. It's gonna, it, it's gonna get exciting. All Good right. times. All right, guys. You have a great night. And uh, Derek, I'll get this up. Thank you, Jeff. I'll get this up tomorrow for you, man. No problem. Hey, much love. Thank you guys so much. I appreciate it. Hey, good times. All right. Take care. That's the show. In a world where podcasts are here one day and gone the next, the people call on one man to bring them a show that would save the planet as we know it. This is not that guy. From Podcast Detroit and the Points of Interest Podcast Network comes a show that talks about Power Rangers, the macho man Randy Savage, movies and TV shows, comic books and more. Brought to you by the host with the most, Jimmy McKnight. The Ninja Starship with Jimmy McKnight is live 5 o'clock on Sundays on Podcast Detroit. Email the show, ninjastarpod at gmail.com. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Alright, that was good. Oh, my God. It's hot as hell in my house, and I'm like sweating balls here. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta, I gotta go outside and uh, get a little bit more lifted and then come and watch uh, Monday Night Raw. I know, I gotta do the same thing after, after, oh man, what do you, what do we think of, uh, okay, uh, I'll talk to you guys later. <laughs> and, and Jimmy, what did we think of that, uh, that surprised return. Oh man, I thought it was amazing. And he's like, does he? He looks bigger, doesn't he? He looks jacked. Yeah, man, he's he's big. He come out there, and he's. I'm like, oh my god. And it was it was the perfect ending because I'm so like I knew Roman was gonna win, but I'm so sick of him being like champion right now. You know what I mean? Like I'm over his story. I like I like him, but I don't like what they're doing with him. Like the guy needs to turn heel. He's 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 a baby face and it's not working for him. You know, he really like the I'm not, you know, a good guy. I'm not a bad guy. I'm the guy like yuck. Your mic skills suck. Give it to somebody else. And then Seth Rollins comes out. Perfect. Yeah. When you're when, when you're when your big move is to punch people, open hand slap or punch them. <laughs> Yeah. See, the thing is, and I'll be, you know, we all do our armchair booking, and and I think maybe they're slow rolling this one a little bit more than I thought they would. I thought for sure, and maybe it's going to happen tonight. Um, you know, the 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 the, the Bullet Club was going to be upset that uh, AJ lost, things like that. And, and I guess it makes more sense. It's going to happen tonight, probably. Is that you know they're going to turn on. Um, 
on um, AJ and become the Balor Club mm-hmm. or the Baylor. That I that is what I am really, 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 really waiting for. But aren't we waiting for uh, Balor return? Well, see, I, I, he returned on NXT, so. Uh, I, but I think he's going to jump to the main. To the main, you know, he has his one last match with Samoa Joe. Yeah. But I think that I, I, I mean, the Balor Club is inevitable at this point because now they're even calling him the Club. So then we'll have AJ Finn Balor feud. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I, I'm. I'm behind on my NXT man. I actually only recently started watching it because uh, it, I'm always like, man, I'm already watching hours and hours of wrestling just with you know SmackDown and Raw. But then I found out that it's only an hour. And I'm like, oh, all right, well, it's only an hour. But it's at the same time as Lucha, which it's... You Lucha Underground is the best wrestling show on television. It's amazing. Um, I, I, I'm The the way that they that they cut the backstage stuff, you know, like it's it's cinematic. It's like a show. Yes. Well, they said it best. They said, you know, Lucha Underground is a, a show about... It's a show about a wrestling promotion. Mm-hmm. And they said, that's how we booked this. It's a show about a wrestling promotion. And I'm like, there it is. That's perfect. That dude, you know, I mean, that way, that, that way they, they just, that way they can just go at it, you know, and just do what they got to do. So, but yeah, Lucha Underground is just freaking incredible. Oh yeah. I mean, the, amazing oh. talent, dude. Like Johnny Mundo. Come on. Johnny oh, Mundo is amazing. Oh, so good. So good. The Machine. Big, yeah. Cage. I'm a big Amortis fan as well. Yeah. No, they're the uh, they they uh, they're the the dead looking guys, right? Yeah, the big the big the Mexican Undertaker. Yes.